Hey, welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk Graham, and I'm here back at it again with Pastor Logan Ketterling. What's up? What's up? Uh, man, it is an exciting week. The halls are buzzing oh, yeah. at our Apple Valley campus because this weekend coming up, we've got our annual Sparkle Conference, oh, yeah. Women's Conference. And man, we love weekends where we are doing a big event or a conference or serving the church in a creative and significant way. And this weekend, Thursday, Friday is Sparkle Conference 1. Yep. Friday, Saturday, Sparkle Conference 2. And I love seeing our team running around working uh working honestly kind of around the clock to get this place uh transformed and i think the women of our church are going to really love this um this conference we got lisa bevere coming in we got nathan finocchio back yep. uh, some of you guys are big fans of both the beveres and also nathan finocchio pastor becca is going to speak and so yeah super excited logan how's your week going it's going great it's yeah. going great i'm in town this whole week i know last week thanks for picking me up i had some things going on with back about, and man. forth traveling. Yeah, but where were you traveling, actually? Because yeah. uh, I, I would le- actually love to spend a little bit of time at the top of this podcast learning from the church that you are at. Because a lot of times River Valley is the leader in an area. And right. we, we just we, we want to give away resources. We want to help other churches. It's the heart of Pastor Rob. And also, we want to learn from other churches what they're doing and what God's doing in their church. So you are at a significant church. Yeah, Elevation Church. Um, many people are probably familiar with it. Pastor Stephen Furtick, Elevation Worship. We do a lot of their songs. Um, they are leading the way in a lot of things. And so myself and a couple of other, other team members of ours went out, and we actually wanted to go learn from their online team. And yeah, so, yeah. What, what was the goal going down there? Yeah, so we we try to go to churches that we think do things better than we do in certain areas. I think a lot of churches come to us to learn about missions and generosity. Yep. Um, but we know that our online church, it came out of COVID, and since we've been back in person, we've kind of struggled to figure out what does online church look like when we also have 10 other campuses now yep. to to manage. You know, Chaska yeah, yeah. just launched, which is another huge thing. Um, yeah, huge weekend. Incredible. So there's a lot happening. So we went out there to learn from them just how they focus on online ministry. They do so many different things um, from pop-ups to watch parties and all different things that happen. It was funny. Their online pastor said, we actually see that some of our online attendees actually attend in-person events more than our local no. attendees come in person to church. And so talk about that paradigm shift of, you know, they're no doing way. watch parties, they're doing pop-ups, they're doing connects in their city. So the online events, the online in-person attendance sometimes is better yes. than the in-person, in-person attendance. Yes, yes. And so he was no. saying, like, the, the, you know, we, we see crazy. this at River Valley, and maybe people who are listening say, of course, that's not me. But we see sometimes people come once every three, four weeks, maybe even more than that. But that's an average. That's not like hey, the Hey, if you're listening to this, get to church. Let's do this. Come thing. on. So it was cool to hear from them and just how, I mean, obviously, Pastor Steven, he's, he's very popular on YouTube and has millions of subscribers with Elevation Church as well as, um, as well as Stephen Furtick and Holly. So they have a lot of different things. And, and you know, there's, I think it's so hard. Is there hard. another church that does online better? No. And I know better is like subjective, but like nobody like has as the far influence. as a reach or influence online. No, nobody has the influence that they do online. I mean, you every- You don't think Joel Osteen? Maybe with TV and radio, but I mean, if yeah, you're talking more analog, yeah, if you're talking books. YouTube, 
specifically yeah. Stephen would would be the most listened to. And like you may be listening, be like, well, I'm not, I don't really like Stephen, or I I don't you know like his messages. It's like, well, obviously there's hundreds of thousands of people every single week, millions sometimes that are yeah. listening, and so you know, theologically, they may be different than us theologically. But what I love about the body of Christ, and I said this in the meetings, and we again, we host many churches with the network, is you don't have to agree on every single thing yeah, yeah. in order to realize that we are after the same thing, which is making yes. disciples after Jesus. So even though maybe they're not they're not in somebody's a God church or they don't believe all the same things we believe, we know that we're still brothers and sisters in Christ doing this together. And so I'm grateful for the team that poured into us there, taught us a lot of lessons, hopefully that we can implement many of them here yeah, yeah. so that we can reach people better. And we we, we agree on the majors. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like exactly. Sure. We're the same and, faith. <laughs> and our perspective is like not one church is better than the, the church next door in regards to Bible-believing churches. Right. Uh, it's not about who's better or who's worse. It's It doesn't work like that. It, there's something special and unique on every Bible-believing church church. Um, and just a side note about Spirit-Filled Church, we're Spirit-Filled Church. I've been to Elevation, and I know they might not externally present as a Spirit-Filled Church, but I promise you, during worship at Elevation Church, I was surrounded by, it It, it, it felt like people had moved to Charlotte just to be a part of Elevation. All, everybody around me was Spirit-Filled, because yeah. nobody was speaking English, and <laughs> it, it was for sure people praying in the Spirit and yeah. worshiping in the Spirit. And That's awesome. Electric environment. Yeah, there's a lot of former AG staff on their team as well. Um, th this kind of goes into that question. Um, I want to jump into these questions. Mike yep. asks this question. Thoughts on the new apostolic reformation? Revelation. Does River Valley condone or condemn? As we're kind of on the topic of <laughs> other churches, other things. It's They're not... Elevation is not a part of this. Yep. Um, but for those who are maybe unfamiliar, the new apostolic reformation, it's kind of a term. I don't even know who coined it. I don't really even like the term. Um, I saw that it was also called the third wave of the Holy Spirit. Which right. Is, I don't know who titles these things, but that's yeah. epic. Yeah, right. And it's like, where, why now, I suppose? But uh, I think this question is coming from there's a group of people out there that is kind of coining this on behalf of others. I don't really see people like subscribing. Like some are they self-declaring? Yeah, yeah, some people will self-declare third wave Pentecostal. But basically, this group, again, whether it's self-described or whether it's prescribed to them, they're saying these people are, are praying deeper for signs and wonders. And sometimes it can get to a point where they're almost kind of like this weekend, they're appropriating them, but they're not just appropriating them with God's sovereignty, but they're actually declaring that the miracle is going to happen. Yep. It's not like we're going to pray in faith that it will happen. It is going to happen. And so maybe we can process that a little bit. Like, again, the question is, do you condone or or not or, or condemn it? And I think there's parts of it that yeah. we, we would condone and other parts we would maybe steer people away from, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's an ep epic question. And I love, uh, well, I know Mike, and I, I love the question, condemn or condone? It's yeah. like the podcast is is <laughs> the place to condemn or condone. Uh, it, it's a great place for discussion, and we'll definitely We said ask any question. Yeah, no, I love the question. Uh, I just don't feel like I'm positioned to condemn or right, condone. Right. You know, Pastor Rob can respond if he wants, but... Yeah, we don't want to um, condemn I think, churches. I think there's, like, in different veins of, of churches and, and theology or denominations or waves, if you 
you will, there's always extremes. And so uh, we, we, we condone everything that's in the word of God. And so signs and wonders is in the word of God. Expectation is the word of God. Right. We believe we are healed because it's been paid for and it's God's able to send it from heaven to earth now. But also I know that there's situations that we receive our healing as we enter into heaven. So uh, that doesn't mean I don't expect it, but it also means I can't force it. And I'm not going to automatically, uh, I'm not going to automatically say something was wrong in, in not receiving it. I'm going right. to trust and I'm going to, I have an assurance that I'm going to receive it. And so I think there, you know, there's another movement called apostolic holiness that, uh, and it's kind of a different conversation, but it's like they, they do water baptism and they don't believe in the Trinity. They believe Jesus is, is the fullness of the Godhead. So the Father is Jesus. The Spirit is Jesus. Jesus is Jesus, which we don't believe. We, we, we do not condone that at all. We believe in the Trinity. Uh, but they do water baptism. And out of being water baptized, if the person's not baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, then they're not a legitimate convert. Now, that that's <laughs> crazy. I mean, that's... Like, we do not condone that. But the reason I'm bringing that up is because, uh, you know, this this third wave of the Holy Spirit, or what's it called again? Apostolic? New Apostolic Reformation. New Apostolic yeah. Refor- Reformation. If, if the doctrine is signs and wonders will happen, and if they don't, then you didn't have enough some, faith, didn't yeah. have enough faith something's wrong, um, you did it wrong, you're not good enough, or um, or, or we're gonna we're gonna wait it out. You know, it's like a hunger strike. Like right. if it doesn't happen, we're you know we're gonna fast until uh, until it happens. And I, and I'm for fasting, and I'm for you know I'm for spiritual pr- principles. But like, you can't also force God to move. Right. So we're gonna follow kingdom principles, biblical principles. We're going to believe the word of God, and we're going to expect the supernatural to happen, but I also can't force it. It's not just an automatic formula, although there are good principles. Does that make sense? Totally. So if if it's true that apostolic reformation is to the extreme of forcing God's hand, I'm not for that. But if it's believing the word of God, believing in the supernatural, having great expectation that he can move it into our now, I'm for it. Right, right. And I think that I think it's we have to be careful whenever because if you start looking up, you know, this movement, websites will self subscribe or will prescribe that this pastor is this. And I think that, you know, we were talking about it even with Stephen and, you know, I'm sure Pastor Rob gets this. People don't, it's very difficult to speak on behalf of somebody's theology. Because you can look from the outside looking in and say, based upon this one experience I saw. Or a 15-second clip. Yeah, 15-second clip or what I heard or even a one sermon, right? I mean, if people listen to this weekend's sermon, they say, oh, my goodness, Pastor Rob thinks— Prosperity gospel. Yeah, prosperity gospel. But then you listen to, like, suffering and apostolic nasty that Dick Brogdon spoke, and you listen to the the first Peter— Yeah, you're willing to be anemic for the Lord, and you think your poverty mentality. Right, and so you can can subscribe things based upon one thing you hear— but I do. It, it's kind of like don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I, I really think whenever we're, we're prescribing a theological view to someone that we don't know and haven't 
firmly asked. And that's one of the things I love about this podcast. I love about talking church. We yeah. can ask those questions. What oh, yeah. do you actually believe and talk about it further? So again, I would just say a warning to maybe the friends or people that you go, um, well, I know that they don't believe this. Like, well, do you know that? Because you're you you've never met that person. You never yeah. talked to them. And again, you can still ask questions without being concrete about it. Yeah. Uh, so you know, we were kind of talking about this before we press record, and something that you said was, you know, the the third wave of the Holy Spirit or apostolic reformation. Um, you, we we have to be careful about new revelation. Like, right. Like, what's this new revelation, you know, speaking to the Mormons? What's this new revelation, uh, Jehovah's Witness? What's this new revelation that you are so special that you got this? And so maybe you could talk about that. Like, do do we get new revelation that's outside of the Word of God? Yeah, we, we would condemn new revelation. Strong. And we would say that anything that is revealed to somebody that is not found in Scripture— is not from God. And and what I mean by that is if there is something contradictory or an addition to it, the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to us, is going to speak to us in a way that aligns with the Word of God, that affirms the Word of God. Yep. It does not, it's not a new thing of, you know, and, and people talk about this when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to the way we live our life in modern times. Many people have said, well, it's a contextual thing. Yeah. There are certain things that, God, I mean, you look at Peter, when Jesus gives, or God gives him a vision about this curtain and, and that you can eat meat, right? Yeah. He opens the door. But then there's other people who say, well, nope, I got a revelation that you actually are now able to, to, Look at pornography, and it's totally fine. It's like, well, not fine. Nope, not, not nope. fine. It's not a. Yeah. You, you don't get the revelation. God gave the revelation. We believe it is over. Now, what we sometimes say in church that I think confuses people is God revealed this to me, or I had a revelation. And again, whenever we use that word, we got to be cautious and careful. But what we mean when we use it is God already revealed this to humankind. Yep. God already revealed this through his, word, his word, yeah. but he hadn't yet revealed it to me in a way that I fully understood it and grasped it to where I now understand. That's what, when we're using the term, yep. he revealed that to me. Now, the exception is words of knowledge and words of wisdom yep. that are not counter to scripture, but we wouldn't know something had God not revealed it to us. But it's not a, a doctrinal statement. Yeah. It's like, hey, I found out, I had a word of knowledge that there is a missionary that needs prayer right now that is in a certain country and they're in danger. And yeah. you pray for that, and then you hear later that that actually happened. Yeah. But that isn't a theological thing. That's yeah. something that God revealed to you that and so again, the just theological some, truth is that gift of knowledge is a thing that's in gift scripture. Of word of right. that is in scripture, and here's how it operates. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it is a little bit uh, different conversation. And I, I love this question. I love tough questions. I think um, the Holy Spirit's only going to lead you. I, the reason it's so important also is because our our experience is so powerful that sometimes, if we're not careful, we're going to put our experience on top of 2,000 years of church history and the Word of God. Right. And that's that's the exact backwards way to build your theology. And so an example that I use is you you could you you could meet somebody that they they have a, a really trippy and wild experience because they smoked 
ayahuasca or were eating mushrooms or uh, had a really powerful spiritual experience at a Native American powwow or, or, or something. And they could come out with that like they had this real experience that nobody could ever talk them out of because, because of whatever. They open their mind through, through drugs or through whatever it is. Or it's a legitimate spiritual experience, and they go, "This is now truth. This is fresh revelation. This is because because it really happened. I nobody could tell me it never happened, and I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I'm saying your theology on what is true, what is good, what is right cannot be built on your experience. It has to be built first on the Word of God. But people do the same thing with sin, right? It's oh, yeah. true, and because it's true. It's not sin, and sometimes they're, they're they're saying it's true, or they're saying it's good because they didn't feel guilty about it. But right. you can't build your life on what is sin, whether or not you feel good about it or not. Totally. Like the fact that you feel good about it might be because you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you. Right, like, right, you, yeah, it's true. You, you your heart has been hardened because of the absence of the Holy Spirit and the absence of the presence of God. Um, a couple more questions, some quick, yeah, let's quick hit questions here. Um, Jonah asks. What marriage advice do you have for young couples in their first couple years of marriage? Oh, man. Well, I've been married 12 years. I don't have it mastered. Kaylee and I. 12? Uh, yeah, dude. Wow. We're in our 12th. Um, we don't have it mastered, and the goal is to you know celebrate our 50th anniversary and, and, and beyond. I think you should answer it first. You're, how long have you been Just married? Just celebrated six years. Six years? Yeah. The next question is about kids, and so you okay. can take that one. Um, I would say the biggest thing that I've seen in our marriage from our first few years to now that has been the biggest help has been to take things less seriously and acknowledge that sometimes our circumstances are dictating our emotions and not the other person. I know for me, and if Mac were here, I would, I would assume she'd say the same thing. Anytime she was upset, I assumed it was at me. Yeah. Anytime I was upset, maybe she assumed it was at me. Maybe I was hungry. Maybe I had a bad day at work. Yeah. Maybe somebody just sent me a text that was that was frustrating or yeah. um, may, maybe I'm distracted by something else. Again, there's, there's a number of different things. And then because you think it's about you, it becomes personal. Then you make it personal. And when something's personal, you defend it much more than you would if it wasn't personal. Part of that is you just have to grow through that. And in marriage, you take things really personally and you just have to sometimes get over it and say, you know what? That's not my problem and I'm not going to make it a bigger problem. I'm not going to overdo it. Um, And then also the other biggest piece of advice is I think having a relationship with the Lord that comes first. I think it's often to get distracted in your first years of marriage that – like, oh my goodness, I need to make this person happy and that is how I get fulfillment in life. When you are full of your, like full of, I was going to say full Full of yourself yourself. in the Lord, but in the Lord, when you are full of what God has for you, I believe that you are a much better spouse because of it. And so I I would say I was maybe too distracted early on as well, trying to please my spouse and, and make her happy. When what I realized now is when I'm fulfilling myself with the Lord, the byproduct of that 
is that I am a good husband. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, I, I agree. I think I felt the same way early on in marriage because I really had this perspective of like, I can't believe she said yes. It's like, <laughs> so I'm just trying to live up to this, like, because my wife is awesome. And so there was a little bit of insecurity in that too, of like, man, I can I cannot believe like she's in a different league and, uh, and here we are going to live up to it. And what you're talking about too is like the principle of self-deception, which last week, I think it was Jonah that also asked this question, leadership is yeah, self-deception. Yeah. That's a great book we, too. We, I read it and it's great. We, when I heard you say that, I was like, let's go. We do deceive ourselves and and you start to think like, oh dude, they're you know, they're upset or they they don't do as much as me, or they're not, you know, they're not they're not holding their own in the house, or they you know, I'm always we're using words of affirmation and they're not saying this. And and you build up this whole false narrative potentially, um, and you're deceiving yourself. And so that that book, Leadership and Self-Deception, helps you go like Oh, what if I just believed the fact that my spouse has my best interests in mind? Right. And if I read the text message or if I had the conversation or if I, I didn't read into the, the tone all the time or the, you know, the, each situation through the lens of like they're out to get me or they're not doing as much, they're not pulling their weight. And I, I thought about them like they've got my best interests in mind. I'm, I'm going to take a lot thing, uh, a lot of things much more lightly. So exactly. hope, hopefully that makes sense. I, I couldn't agree more with you. Total sense. Anna asks, what are consistent intentional things you do with or say to your kids, habits slash traditions? Uh, really great. I mean, we... We're trying to we're we're church we're we're a family in in church so I'm a pastor so for for us we're raising our kids in church and we're unapologetic you know there's this there's this saying about missionary kids that they're third culture kids so they don't really fit um, in America because they live overseas they don't really fit in the new country because they're from America and so they're third culture kids and and I'm bringing up this this up for a reason because even as Christ followers like sometimes they you know. They can feel like, hey, we're not like everybody else in the neighborhood. We're not everybody else. And I, I don't want to raise my kids as third culture kids. I want to raise them as kingdom culture kids. Like, Ooh. hey, where wherever you go, if you're in the public school, if you're in the private school, if you're homeschooled, if you're at church, if you're in the community, if you're on the sports team, you, you belong there because you're a kingdom culture kid and you're the leader in the room. It doesn't mean that you need to talk the most, make all the decisions, uh, like – be be the named leader. It means that you carry yourself like a leader. And so, uh, again, we're raising our kids in the church. Uh, we're raising them to be leaders wherever they go. Things that we say with our kids all the time, at least with our daughters, um, is I'm strong, I'm smart, I'm beautiful, I'm brave, I'll fear no evil for the Lord God is with me. I'm a leader, I'm a Graham, and Graham's, Graham's love people. With the boys, we do the same thing, um, except uh, they say they're handsome instead of beautiful, like to just make some adjustments. But... Um, just letting them speak the truth of who they are in Christ over themselves from a young age. We do Bible stories, little little uh, resources. Dan and Louie, I grew up on Dan and Louie. That's oh, an AG resource, but grew up on Dan and Louie stories. And so you can find that online, com maybe, or Google it. Or you um, get the tapes like I had. Yeah, dude, we had the tapes, uh, which is awesome. Now you can do a subscription. And so we listen to worship music in our home. Uh, we pray together uh, every single day. Uh, praying over our children. We teach them the Bible stories. And so version app for kids is good. 
Uh, so I'm just kind of rapid firing. I think also just I'm trying to keep the principle of like, you, you know, we we had a family meeting last night actually um, because our we we had a little situation where our our daughters were disrespectful to Kaylee. So uh, this happens in a pastor's home. This happens, but I had a little family meeting, and it was funny. Our five year old Ivy. I mean, she was locked in. I mean, she knew she was in trouble, but like she was in correction, man. She is dialed in, like ready to respond to the correction. Like, I'm going to get this right. You know, like, awesome. Like she doesn't want to, she wants to fix it. Yeah, she wants to fix it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Ad, Adley, our older, like, and sorry, just to expose our, our you know, family situation. Got to give him $5. Um, yeah, I got to give him $5. That was your thing. Um, no, both both of our girls are awesome, but like we have family meetings and we bring we bring firm correction. Like we're raising our daughters. This this is how we act. This is how we don't act. And in our world today, it's like children are raising themselves, or at least children are leading the parents in a lot of cases. Right. And it's like not happening in our house. This is who we are, and this is the reason you're be, the reason you're being corrected. I was talking to my daughters is not because we need you to obey mom and dad, although that's biblical. The Bible teaches that. It's because eventually you're going to be out of this house. And the Lord is going to lead you. And if you thought it was okay to act a certain way towards your parental authority, you will automatically think it's okay to act that way towards your heavenly authority. And we're not, we are not doing that. So um, it's, it's this teaching moment. But I say that to say we bring firm direction and correction and we have a high culture of play in the home. And I think it's Jordan Peterson that says play is the highest good in the home. Mm. And that can be in marriage too. Is your marriage playful? Does it have that dynamic? Your children are are your children playful? I always love hearing my kids playing and singing. Like I and anytime my kids are just singing on their own, you know, just singing a song, whatever, I always lean over to Kaylee and like, look, our kid is happy. Yeah. And play play is this high good. So Firm direction and correction, and keep play as a really high priority in our home. That was something I remember Pastor Rob mentioned when we did the Chosen series that was unique about the Chosen, that they showed Jesus in a way, and this is acting, it's it's an interpretation of the Bible, right? So before people jump down, it's we, we know it's an interpretation, but he was playful. He was playing with the kids. He was smiling. He wasn't always serious. I think sometimes people have this view of God that he is always this stoic, just arms crossed on the throne, ready to judge. And I think the hardest part about God is he is all of the above at all times, right? But he reveals himself to people in different ways. And you mentioned this playfulness. I do think that humor is something, I mean, humor is a, Humor is created a trait of the Lord, right? Oh, yeah. He 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 created it, and so I think that sometimes we take life a little bit too seriously. Um, and again, both in marriage and in parenting, I know for us, we did Bible trivia growing oh, up. Oh yeah, uh, my dad would have JBQ cards yeah, JBQ. at the table, and um, I think I've shared this before, but we, he did it. I mean, a lot, and so even if we have like a girl over that we were dating. He'd be like, all right, let's do JBQ. And it was like his test oh, for her. Yeah. Like, how much does she know the Bible? Which is so funny because Mac and Alexia, now that we've been, you know, Connor's been married a couple years and I've been married for six, like I said. But even now they're like, I I don't want us to do Bible trivia. I don't want to look dumb. It makes me um, think uh, in a future podcast, we should have one of our JBQers on and just oh, go through some questions. Epic. And just, dude, I think, pastor versus to, JBQer. Oh, dude, to have, to have the congregation here, to have you listeners here, like a seven-year-old, 
Um, we're just doing that. Rip it from the Word of God. We're let's doing do that. It. We're we're gonna be put to shame, but <laughs> I'm happy about it. Um, let's end in prayers. We always do, and then we'll end in worship. Here are a few of our campuses' prayer yep. requests. A reminder: you can put prayer requests on the River Valley app, as Kirk prayed for last week. You can put them on your connect cards, whether you're watching online or in person, writing them down. These are from Chaska. Pray for baby Eddie. He needs a miracle. Prayers for Eddie in Jesus' name. Prayers for small group leaders as the campus launches. Campus, our, our campuses are launching small group. They would fill, be ready. I mean, Chaska launched yeah. itself, so be praying for that community. Yeah, and uh, get in a small group. Like, totally. as you're reading that, like, uh, we're going to pray, but get in a small group. Uh, we want you attending church on the weekends for sure, but we want you in a discipleship process and growing. And the place that happens is midweek ministry in small groups or in a core group or in sisterhood. No doubt. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Um, finishing off Chaska, praying for someone in the Victoria community for their marriage to be strengthened. City campus, prayers for a job. I've been unemployed for seven months. Lord, we're praying for a job. Yep. Praying for a friend's two months old baby who she is not back or she's not yet back to her birth weight. Mm. So she needs to gain weight. She's failing to thrive. Lord, we pray that she would thrive. Yep. Prayer for peace and steadiness during grad school. Is that my prayer request? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Woodbury, uh, praying for an aunt who is about to undergo a major medical procedure. Also, uh, look at this. Praying for someone who has a major medical procedure, and then the next one, praising God for a successful surgery. Look Let's at that. go, dude. Love it. God's Minit- answering prayer. Minitrista, prayers for our friend Brandon, who's having a health issue. This person's praying for their marriage. Mm-hmm. Another person has bladder cancer. Ronnie, praying for the discomfort. He's also fighting an infection. He needs healing. Praying for Ronnie. Uh, praise God. God has been working in our son Tyler's life. He's expressed that he is getting emotionally healthy and showing more openness to accepting Jesus as Lord. Let's go, Tyler. Please pray that he would get saved. Yep. Maple Grove, last campus here, praying for our son who was born with a disease, praying uh, for Lincoln, that he'd be healed. Praying for you, Lincoln. Yep. A man battling active cancer. He gets a new report this week. God, we pray that that report would be great in Jesus' name. Yes. And then another woman who lost her sister recently, praying for peace for her. All these prayer requests, these praise reports, again, these represent just a few. But Pastor Kirk, would you close us in prayer before we worship? Yes, Lord, we thank you that your word teaches that you're the healer and that healing's been paid for. Uh, You're the provider, that every good gift comes from you, and you've got cattle on a thousand hills, that you've got the storehouses of heaven ready to pour out. There's so much in the Word of God that's that as we pray, you respond. And I'm just saying that to say, we do expect signs and wonders. We do expect miracles. And we don't just expect it to happen in heaven, although we trust your timing. We believe and ask in faith that it would happen right now. And so we pray over every single one of these needs that was mentioned. Would you meet these needs Again, in a supernatural way, we thank you for what you've designed in the natural, but we also thank you that you can work in the supernatural. And so you can perform a miracle, and Lord, let it be done in the name of Jesus. And I'm just thinking about the scripture that you heal the brokenhearted. You're close to and you heal the brokenhearted. Lord, I just pray that you would strengthen hearts, strengthen minds, strengthen bodies, Lord, I pray that no matter what people are going through right now, that yes, they would see a miracle, but also you would give them the strength to walk through whatever they're going through because you're with them 
And there's another side to this, whether it's in heaven or right now today as we pray. God, let it be done. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Amen. How long have I carried the weight of the world when you've been right here beside me? In every moment, behind all the scenes, why would I worry if you're working?
Hey, thanks for listening to the River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody. We hope that this isn't just for people in our church. We hope that this is people far beyond that, but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet. We're talking about it on weekends. We're sharing in announcements, but maybe you're a listener, but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus. So would you send it to them, share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people people can find this podcast. If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.